0: is New York State of Crime.
1: A true crime podcast exploring New York's most disturbing criminal cases. I'm Brenna and I'm Peter.
0: And welcome back everybody. Glad to have you.
1: It's been a little while. It's
0: been a little while. The the world is just a crazy place and we all are just living in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we've just been a little busy, uh as has everyone else. So uh, yeah, the, but but we're back.
0: And the good news is COVID cases are going down right. rapidly in New York. Vaccines are going up. They just opened the Pfizer vaccine uh, to 12 to 15-year-olds, which is really going to help us out in fighting the pandemic. So that's just a little bit of good news for the New York city and state. Absolutely. And in terms of crime news... um. There's not a huge amount of things. I guess we should talk a bit about um, the shooting in Times Square a few days ago.
1: Oh, yeah. That was crazy. I was actually on my way downtown at the mm-hmm. time, and this happened a few minutes uh, after, no, not after, a few minutes before I, I got off the sixth train mm-hmm. in in Times Square.
0: It was uh, <clears throat> Monday afternoon, right? Or Sunday afternoon?
1: uh it was monday monday afternoon yeah wait no no No.
0: it wasn't yesterday let's pull up an article no it
1: was (laughs) sunday yeah but we should definitely just read off of an article instead (laughs) of our memories yes yes it was saturday Okay, so
0: yes, so it was at the afternoon um, right near 7th Avenue and West 45th Street. So it's really right in the center of Times Square, Mm -hmm. that area. Um, Three people were wounded, a four-year-old Brooklyn girl who was shopping with her family, a 23-year-old tourist from Rhode Island, and a 43-year-old woman from New Jersey. And it sounds so far like they're all okay, which is great. Um, But it was very scary for them and for the people around them and the first responders um, who had to respond. Um, I don't think we know a lot about what the motive or the reason um, behind this shooting was. But an interesting thing is that this is one of the recent events that is getting a lot of attention in the upcoming mayoral race for a new New York City mayor. So we're about six weeks away from the primary for the mayor, uh, the election for the new mayor on June 22nd. And so anytime um, these big things having to do with crime happen, it becomes a flashpoint for this discussion, especially since there are multiple candidates now running for mayor who are running on a defund the NYPD platform. So I think just that's been interesting to note that, crime is always a big thing in the new york city mayor races i mean rudy giuliani literally ran on a platform solely around um ending crime in new york back in the 90s yeah that was when he started and i mean he did transform a lot of parts of new york for mostly in negative ways um nobody here celebrates rudy giuliani but you know it's always been a big thing along with the new york uh Along with the time of square shooting, there's been still an increase in subway attacks. Mm-hmm. I just saw a bunch. I mean, when I was scrolling through the news, um, slashings, um, people getting things thrown at them. Um, I don't know. And, and you know, so with, and I heard on the radio, uh, we're reopening the subways on...
1: Back to 24 hours, yeah.
0: Was that going to be on the 19th as well, or it's sooner? Uh, it might be sooner, yeah. So with that, they're trying to deploy an additional 600 NYPD transit cops. Um.
1: Which is which is good and bad yeah. because you know, as a reasonable person who isn't violent and doesn't have criminal intent, I would like to be like, hmm, yeah, some more cops on the train means less crime and weird things, but. Everyone knows that that is not the case, and that more cops on transit also has the, uh, you know, undesirable effect of making people of certain, you know, ethnicities and classes extremely uncomfortable for not any particularly good reason. So, it's you can't win with this stuff. Apparently, well, actually, no, you can. You could. You could. Uh, you know, house and care for the. Majority, the vast majority of the perpetrators of the, these crimes who are just mentally ill people who do not get adequate care.
0: Yeah, so the subways are reopening on Monday, um, the 17th. So, actually, probably the day we release this, the subways will be reopening uh, for 24 hour service mm-hmm. for the first time since in over a year, I think.
1: Since what, like March or something last year?
0: Um,. Uh, I think, yeah, April 30th of last year, so it's been a little over, little over a year. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked a lot into the actual research on this, but I don't know why subway crime is rising. I think, like you said, um, I think due to COVID, uh, this is just my assumption based on my knowledge of the city's uh, shelter system, but I think due to COVID, a lot more people are not staying in shelters and are, are staying in the subways and so then there are more people who have mental health issues that would cause violence but again also noting that mental illness does not necessarily cause violence like mentally ill people as a whole are less likely to be violent than non-mentally ill people so I don't know if that's the whole answer but that is something we've definitely seen uh, this rise in the subway attacks anyway just just thought we'd note that since we are new york state of crime um but i think that's it for our news do you have anything else peter
1: oh uh, yeah there's there's some news about the podcast oh yeah so we we mentioned i guess what two episodes ago now that we're we're going to have a guest on the podcast and we are finally going to reveal who that guest is hmm. uh it's stephanie from Keystone State of Mind. Uh, That's our our podcast friend from the uh, great Keystone State, the state of Pennsylvania. And there was a really high profile case that she actually has personal connections to. So she was able to uh, do a lot more investigating uh, than we are often able to do for, for our stuff. So we uh, invited her on to talk about this case.
0: I'm so excited for this episode. It was really, I'm really excited. Uh, it's a really crazy case. So keep an eye out for that episode um, on our feed in the coming weeks. Yes. Today I'm going to tell you an upstate New York story, truly an upstate New York story. Good, good. <laughs> Using our our Hudson Valley definition of upstate, <laughs> which is anything above us. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and if anyone listening is unfamiliar with the upstate debate, um, basically everyone in New York City thinks that anything north of Yonkers is upstate. And then everyone from the Hudson Valley, um, Poughkeepsie, where I'm from, say that everything north of Poughkeepsie is upstate. <laughs> so, And
1: then people who actually live in the real upstate uh, give you the correct description of, uh, you know, the NYC metro area. Is exactly what it is. Yep. Yonkers is what it is. Mm-hmm. The Mid-Hudson Valley is the middle of the Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, above the Hudson Valley is not upstate. That is the capital region, capital Albany. Region. And know, upstate starts past that.
0: Wow. Um, yeah, it, actually in researching this case and another one I'm going to do recently, I came across a great, um, a great map that actually, it, it's from a Wikipedia article about geographical areas of New York and it actually divides it into I'm trying to remember how many let me pull it up um 10 regions oh wow yeah so um it divides Long Island separately from New York City which is correct in my book um here you want me to share you this picture
1: yeah yeah let's see it do you see it my gmail is still loading probably because I've got a tab full of like 50 fucking tabs of articles and crime <laughs> stories and other stuff. Yes. Uh yeah, here we go. Okay. Here is the regions. The
0: yeah, so I'll start from the bottom. So Long Island separate from New York City, which is correct. That is a different world.
1: Long Island can go fuck itself.
0: Uh Peter, you were born there. <laughs>
1: yeah, like I said, it can go fuck itself.
0: Um New York City as the five boroughs. Um, the Hudson Valley controversial to me personally is including Westchester as part of the Hudson Valley. I count that as the New York city metro area, Yeah, but I also understand that New York city refers specifically to the five boroughs. Um, so yeah, then we have the Hudson Valley including, um, what is that? Rockland, Orange, Ulster. I think that's, I don't know what that County is. Delaware.
1: Oh no, I no. don't think it, No, no
0: that one all the way to the left anyway um duchess matter. putnam and westchester mm-hmm. then uh the capital district as we're talking about which i i believe is officially where the story today is going to take place i'm actually not positive oh <laughs> it's either capital district or the mohawk valley which is right next to it then all the way up we have the north country which is where my st- next story that I'll tell you takes place. And then I would actually group all of one, two, three, and four together into Western New York. But they're separating western New York as really western New York, like far, far western. And then separating out the Finger Lakes, the southern tier, which is that part that abuts uh, the top of Pennsylvania. And that's actually from our guest's story right. takes place there. And then central New York is this kind of little no man's land. So I thought this was fascinating because I had never thought about these places as different. But in um, this other story I researched, it was actually very important that one of where this takes place... It has a very specific identity, right. and not all of upstate New York is just upstate New York. They all have their own um, geographic and socioeconomic identities, depending on like the history and the manufacturing and economic stuff that goes on there. So um, anyway, just thought I'd bring that up since we were talking about it. So upstate, that's where we're going today. Upstate. So this is the story of the mysterious disappearance of Suzanne Lyle. And Suzanne was called also called Susie. Susie was born on April 6th of 1978. And she grew up in Boston Spa, New York. This is in Saratoga County, just south of Saratoga Springs. Um so this is above Albany. And have you ever been to that part of New York?
1: Uh no, I haven't been.
0: Yeah, I've been to Albany, but I've never been farther north, so this is really uh, mystery to me saratoga springs is known t- for the um the horse races yes there's um what do they call it
1: Sar- saratoga springs
0: the tar- saratoga
1: Sar- races horse races horses.
0: they race horses there race, yeah um i've heard it's a lovely town i've never been there um but yeah ballston spa is just another a smaller town just south of Saratoga Springs, and that is where Susie Lyle was born. Her parents are Doug and Mary Lyle, and Susie was their third child. She was kind of a surprise to her parents. They already had two siblings, she had two siblings, they had already had two children, and the siblings were much older her brother Steve and her sister Sandy. They were both very close to her, especially her brother Steve. And her family described Susie as a sweet, smart, quiet, and observant girl. As she got older, she often wrote her thoughts in journals and poetry rather than speaking her feelings out loud. And she was very interested in and very good at computers. She even built her own computer as a teen and wanted to study computer science when she grew up. So because Susie was so kind of introverted and quiet as a teen, she often sought out friends in online chat rooms rather than in person. And this is the 90s. So chat rooms were the thing. Did you ever go on chat rooms in the 90s?
1: Did, I, Did ever, I ever?
0: What kind of chat rooms were you in?
1: Um, No comments.
0: <laughs> I was in, like, I'm a wizard, Harry. <laughs>
1: fucking bet you were. New little nerd.
0: Um, And that's mainly it, I'd say.
1: Harry Potter is canceled. Get a new identity. No,
0: I'm sorry. I was that kid.
1: You were. Still are.
0: <sighs> Not really. So, Susie was getting to know a lot of young people through these chat rooms and she actually was getting to know local young people so other people from her area uh, who were interested in computers this was a computer nerd chat room which is cute Mm -hmm. and then this group decided to start a computer club that met in person so they actually wanted this to go outside of the online space and you know become real friends which was cute So the president of this computer club was a guy named Richard Condon. And uh, Susie went to meet in the club in person. She met Richard. When Susie was 16 and Richard was 17, they began dating.
1: Uh And
0: this was not always a smooth relationship. Susie's mom describes that she knew Susie had tried to break up with Richard many times, but he always talked her out of it. And Susie's mom found him kind of controlling and um just just uh, too assertive with Susie
1: big red flags Mm
0: -hmm. by 1998 Susie was a college sophomore and she was attending SUNY Albany and she was a straight a student she'd previously attended for two semesters SUNY Oneonta but felt like the classes in computer science there were too easy so after her first year she transferred to SUNY Albany and while she did transfer for the better classes, it was also conveniently much closer to her boyfriend, Richard, Ew. who was at a different school in Albany, gross. rather than being two hours away from him in Oneonta. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say gross, but I kind of did the same thing.
1: <laughs> don't don't take our example.
0: Don't follow boys anywhere. Don't follow They're them anywhere. They're disgusting.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so by all accounts, Susie's life was going well at this point. Uh, She was doing really well in school. She was still seeing Richard, and she had two part-time jobs at computer stores to make some extra cash. She had a pretty normal routine, which was why on Tuesday, March 3rd of 1998, when Richard called Susie's parents and told them Susie had not come back to her campus last night, her parents knew something was wrong. Doug and Mary Lyle can't understand what he means because Susie had a strict routine. She did not just go out of communication with her parents, with her boyfriend. She wouldn't have um, not checked in, so they knew something was wrong immediately. So Susie's dad, Doug, reports her missing to the University of Albany campus police immediately. Officers check her dorm, but Susie clearly was not there, and they follow around her normal class schedule to see if maybe she was just avoiding Richard's calls or trying to get away from her parents, but she does not show up to any of her classes either. Campus police then expand their efforts and speak to Susie's classmates to try and piece together a timeline of the previous day to find out when Susie was last seen. They learned that Susie took a midterm on Monday afternoon, so that would have been March 2nd, the day before. And then she took a city bus to the Crossgates Mall, where she had a shift at Babbage's, a computer software (laughs) store.
1: Babbage's. So
0: Babbage's actually became GameStop. Yes, it did. I never, I was like, it just makes me think of the Nicki Minaj song. Yeah. Babbage's. (laughs) Babbage's. It's Nicki Minaj, right?
1: I don't know. You know better than I do.
0: (sighs) Anyway, she worked at (laughs) Babbage's. Which was, um, yeah, comp- related to computer stuff. And she had a shift there starting at 4 p.m. This was one of her two part-time jobs. Her boss at that store commented that Susie had been very stressed about this midterm uh, in the days leading up to it. But after showing up to her shift, which was after the exam, she seemed a little more relaxed and relieved. She said she did okay. Um, and her behavior on that shift was totally normal, according to her boss. So the following day, March 3rd, Susie had another shift at the store. And when she didn't show up there, her boss thought it was out of the ordinary, but he wasn't too worried. He thought Susie was, you know, a young college student. Maybe this was just a crack in her perfect veneer. And this was, you know, a slip up that she was entitled to. But when her boyfriend Richard and Susie's parents called and stopped by the store to ask about Susie, the boss realized that this was serious. He called the night manager from the day before to see if he had seen Susie leave. And that night manager said that Susie definitely left out of the back way of the mall after her shift. And this was the way most mall employees left the mall. Um, it was a darker area, but it wasn't particularly secluded or unsafe. And they also find out from Susie's co-workers that Susie had mentioned in the past few days that she felt like someone was stalking her.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Yeah. Now you used to work at the mall. Did you did you like go out the back way?
1: Oh yeah, I totally went out the back way.
0: And was there sketchy stuff happening?
1: Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it sketchy. It was just like uh it was the smoke spot for like that side yeah. of the mall. So it was just a, a a great smattering of people from like Hot Topic, <laughs> Old Navy, Claire's oh, wow. and uh uh one of the guys from uh, from like the candy soda mm-hmm. cigar store would also smoke there. So, it, you know, it was a, a, a menagerie of mall folks.
0: Left that. There was no Babbage's on that mall.
1: There was no Babbage's, but there was a GameStop. <laughs> there
0: was a GameStop. Was so it a
1: GameStop? It was a GameStop. Hmm. So it was a Babbage's, but it, in its new form.
0: <laughs> babbage's. Babbage's. All right, back to the story. So Susie usually took the bus to and from the mall and campus police next began interviewing the city bus drivers whose routes would have crossed Susie's ride home. One bus driver recognized Susie's picture and said that he remembered her getting on the bus at the mall, but could not remember for sure when she got off the bus, whether it was at the campus stop or before that. He just knew for sure that when he got, got back to the bus depot, she wasn't on the bus. Campus police identified another student who said she saw Susie on the bus around 9.45 p.m. on Monday night. Now, she she would have taken the 9.20 bus home, so this kind of tracks to when she would have still been on the bus and almost to campus. That student said that Susie was alone, and she was pretty sure that she saw her get off the bus at her usual stop, which was at Collins Circle outside of SUNY Albany. Um, this was a, an acquaintance of Susie's, so they didn't talk, but you know she was pretty sure that it was Susie. And Susie's sweet mates were also sure that Susie did not make it back to her room that night because she had a ton of keys on her key ring and would always make a lot of noise when she unlocked her door. You know a little bit about that, don't you? I, yeah, I know <laughs> too
1: much about that.
0: Uh, The campus police also verified that the swipe card she would have used to enter her dorm was not used that night. So, at this point, from all accounts, she goes to work and is acting normal. It seems like she gets on her bus home to campus. It seems like she probably got off that bus, but she doesn't make it to her dorm, which was not far from the bus
1: stop. Suspicious.
0: So, Mary Lyle, Susie's mom, was sitting at home waiting for some sign of her daughter Uh, when inspiration struck, she called the bank where Susie had an account and asked to see if the card had been used. The operator told her it hadn't been used. So just as Mary was thanking her and going to hang up the phone, the person said, wait, hold on just a second. The card had just been used while they were on the phone around 3.50 p.m. And they could not tell where the card was used, but they could tell that the pin was correct on the first try. So that night, Doug and Mary Lyle barely slept. They knew Susie had another midterm coming up the next morning, and they clung to hope that maybe she was just hiding out to get some studying done, uh, alone time. Maybe she would just show up for this exam. So in the morning, the bank employee that Mary had spoke to the previous day calls with an update. They could find out for sure where the card was used, and it was at an ATM in a Stewart's about three miles from the SUNY Albany campus.
1: Mm, Stewart. Stewart's. <laughs>
0: So this is a regional phenomenon. If anyone here is from New York City, you may not have ever been in a Stewart's. Stewarts is a gas station and convenience store, but they like have all their own products. So they have like the world's best um, like tiny donuts and ice cream. And they have a whole like a, like an ice cream stand too like like scooping it out, scooping it. Milkshakes, Milkshakes. sundays, And they have, mm-hmm. like, usually they have, like, two or three little, like, diner tables. Yeah. So it's, like, a little ice cream shop, but it's also a gas station. And, like, they do milk and dairy products and whatever. And
1: there's always, like, an old, like, Hudson Valley or otherwise boomer sitting there like reading the paper mm-hmm. and it's always the same boomer mm-hmm. every time you go in there no matter what day or time you're in oh
0: and they have coffee and donuts right um also stewart's is pretty interesting i re- I googled this recently it's like a it's like a cooperative it's like an employee-owned company oh i didn't know that so if you work there you can own a piece of the company
1: oh damn um, i want to own a piece of stewart's
0: <laughs> yeah so we love stewart's um and yeah this is where Susie Lyle's card was last used um to take out exactly $20. Now only this $20. was only $20, yeah. This was an amount that Susie always took out of an ATM. She's a college student, she doesn't have a lot of money and I guess this was a habit to keep her from spending a lot. She would just take out 20 at a time.
1: Well, wait, what what year is it at this time? 98. Okay, so that's $20 is like f- that's like $40 now kind of.
0: You want me to google
1: it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, so $20 in 1998 is worth 32.50 today. Wow. So, I guess that makes sense. I mean, she's 19 years old. I also didn't have a lot of money when I was 19 years old. True. Um So, I get that, you know, she's just taking out a little bit of time and she had also commented to her mom uh, around this time that she was really running low on cash. Um she didn't know if she could wait till her next paycheck. Her mom offered to loan her some money, but she said no, she'd make it work. So she took so her card took out exactly $20 at this ATM in a Stewarts about 3 miles from the SUNY Albany campus. And since the pin was correct and this was the amount her daughter usually took out, Susie's mom finds this comforting, thinking it must be Susie. They also learned that the same card um was used to take $20 out at an ATM across the street from her campus bus stop and then another $20 from a different ATM in the mall. On the day she went missing, before she was last seen, so she, it seems like on her way to work, she stops before she gets on the bus, takes out twenty, mm-hmm. and then when she gets to work, like maybe on her break or something, she gets twenty from an ATM at the mall, and then the next day, her card takes twenty out at the ATM in the Stewarts.
1: That's so, a little. Yeah. That's curious. Why not take out all of the money at once?
0: Right, and like, what is she using it for, like besides the bus? Yeah, so it's a weird amount of money to take out.
1: But so many instances. In so many instances. Like, why, why not all at once?
0: Yeah, it's it's not clear. But also, like, teenagers are weird. True. So while it's weird, I don't know how weird it is. Um, It's possible that she took 20 out thinking like, this will be enough, and then she was thinking about it on her bus ride and was like, ugh, you know, I need more. Right. Let me stop again. You know, it's not the weirdest thing in the world. Sure. Um. So finally, two full days after Susie was reported missing, the campus police called the state police for additional help. So this whole time, they're running the investigation with the SUNY cops.
1: What a fucking joke.
0: So this was a major flaw in this investigation. And um, later on, this caused a lot of changes in policy and procedure for SUNY police that if a student goes missing, they need to report it quicker because they're not equipped to run a full missing person investigation. And barely
1: equipped to write a fucking parking ticket.
0: (laughs) And they also just assumed like, Oh, college student, she has a boyfriend. She's probably just ran away. Um, and weren't really listening when the parents said that's not what
1: Susie would do. Why would the cops ever listen?
0: Indeed. (laughs) So once the state police got involved, they expanded into ground searches for Susie and her boyfriend, Richard took part in these searches. Her mom, Mary did not like how Richard acted during this time. She said he was very unemotional and he, she questioned where he was when Susie went missing, but Richard insisted he was at his parents' house where he lived, uh, playing video games with his friends, with his friend, Justin and his story checked out. And it was one of those online video games, uh, where they're kind of connected with each other somehow. And the friend said, you know, while they weren't like talking with their voices, um, the friend said he recognized how Richard played the game, like the moves he did, and that he was sure it was Richard.
1: Interesting. Which
0: I don't know how much that checks out, but like I guess video game boys would know that.
1: I mean, would they not have a username associated with their character? Well, yeah, no, it
0: was... I guess the question was like, could someone else be playing as him as an alibi? Sure. But like, it seems like it was him. Right. So the investigation then turned back to the Stuarts and that ATM. That was the best lead that they had uh, because it proved that Susie, or at least someone with Susie's ATM card was active in the area after she had gone missing. Investigators looked at the security footage in the store around the time the card was used. But the camera pointed this weird way. The ATM was right below it and you couldn't see it at all. Useless. Yeah. So you could see the people who were in the stewards at the time, but you couldn't see who was using the ATM. Um, they used credit card receipts for the store to track down those who were in the store at the same time and interrogated them or interviewed them. <laughs> um, interviewed them as to who else was in the store and if they saw anything weird, um, no one reported seeing anything. And there was only one patron during the time they were looking at that they could not locate. This was a tall black man wearing a Nike baseball hat. They did not know if this man was involved in her disappearance or just a witness, but they put out a sketch of the man asking the public for help. So I get it, but this is really sketchy because it's like the only person that they're making a sketch of is the black guy. Um, and it's like, how much could he possibly know? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I get it. You want to track down every lead, but like to going to the point of putting out a sketch for him when you don't really know if he knows anything is like excessive.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I just I feel like it's a little weird. It's like this is not necessarily a suspect even. It's just like a person being sought for questioning.
0: Right. Now, it took about a year after her disappearance to locate the Nike man. And when they do, it's a dead end. Of course. He didn't see anything.
1: Well, yeah, because he fucking didn't do anything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So that was the only lead that they had, and it went cold. So in May of 1998, this is two months after Susie went missing, two students were walking on the SUNY Albany campus, and they find a Babbage's name tag belonging to Suzanne Lyle in the guest parking lot.
1: Oh, shit.
0: So this is like the little plastic thing that clips onto her shirt. It says, Susie. Um, So it's assumed she had that with her at work that day. Right. Um, I don't know if they ever, I didn't see anything specifying this, like whether her boss or anyone who worked with her could confirm that she was wearing it that day. But one would assume that she was. Or if she wasn't, that would be a bigger story. And I would assume that the boss or whoever would have noted she wasn't wearing it.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe not.
0: I don't know. There wasn't a comment either way. Um, So this guest parking lot was very close to the bus stop at Colin Circle, where she would have gotten off on her way back to campus. But the place where the name tag was found wouldn't have been on her direct walk to her dorm. So it was like one of those parking lots where it's like you come in and then it's like a long thing. And it was like all the way on the side, not like an area you would have cut through. Right. So it was weird, like did this tell us anything as to where or why she went missing or was it just a coincidence that she dropped it and maybe it got pushed around in the parking lot uh for the, you know this is two months later so the place where it's found it could have moved but that also could be a clue as to you know someone lured her into a more secluded part of the parking lot and that's where she was taken from um in terms of the timeline that makes sense because that's the time between when she got gets off the bus and doesn't go back to her dorm, that's when we assume she was taken. So in some ways, it's a really good lead. And then in others, it doesn't really take us anywhere else.
1: Right. I mean, if if you're going to abduct someone with a vehicle, it's assumed that you would go to the farthest corner of the parking lot to do that, right? Mm-hmm.
0: But then the question is, how did they get her over right. to them? Um, I don't know. Um, some sort of lure... Or was it someone she knew?
1: It's like, hey, possible. Susie, yeah, We
0: don't know. So obviously Richard was the main suspect that Susie's parents kept coming back to. Susie's mom did not like Richard, found him possessive, jealous, and controlling as a boyfriend. And Mary, um, Susie's mom, also said that Richard and Susie had remote access to each other's computers. So they could control and monitor each other's online activity.
1: I don't like that.
0: Yeah, apparently one night she just woke up and like Susie's computer was like the CD ROM, CD drive was like going in and out because he had like turned it on remotely.
1: That's weird as fuck.
0: Very weird. Um, Susie's mom suggested that she thought Susie may have already been seeing someone else around the same time of her disappearance and that she may have been trying to break up with Richard again. Um, this would be, you know, if Richard had found out that would be a good motive for him wanting to hurt Susie. But Richard's alibi was solid, and no evidence ever pointed to another love interest. With no other solid leads in Susie's case, state investigators looked at a similar case from 13 years previously, when another SUNY Albany student had gone missing without a trace. Her name was Karen Wilson, and she was also getting off of a city bus near campus when she went missing in 1985. But investigators could not find any clear connections between the cases, so they both remain cold. So Suzanne Lyle's case remains unsolved to this day, and Susie's father died recently in 2015. A year after Susie went missing, he wrote a letter to her abductor and published it. Um, And it's very profound, I would say. I'm just going to read you a few clips from it. He wrote, quote, to the person who took Suzanne... I often wonder whether march 2nd means anything to you do you remember the 19 year old young woman that you took from us do you still have her with you it's been nearly a year since she vanished but she is just as loved and dearly missed do you know the person you took i have found some comfort in picturing you not as a mean ugly bad person but as someone's child someone deserving and needing of love and acceptance who possibly misunderstood susie's friendship as a romantic interest if love wasn't shared in your family i'm sorry every person is entitled to the love and caring that family and friends provide i'm not sure what i would say although after so much time surprisingly i don't hate you i know nothing about you i wonder if you were ever like susie do you love homemade chocolate chip cookies did you go to rush concerts did you play jokes on april fool's day did you spend time on the computer oblivious to anything else going on around you Susie is more than a girl on a poster. Her mom and dad, Steve and Sandy, miss her daily. So there's more to that letter, but I think it was just a nice uh, way that Doug was trying to rationalize and figure out who this person was and what their motive is and, you know, trying to forgive him, them, I guess. Yeah. Um, so while... This lead has never been fully investigated by police. Some people speculate that the serial killer Israel Keys had something to do with Su- Susie's disappearance. Did you ever read anything about Israel Keys?
1: Oh, yeah. I've read plenty about him, and he's linked to quite a few unsolved cases <laughs> in New York.
0: Yeah, exactly. So he has, uh, I think, been officially linked to, like, seven murders across the United States, Um I think the big one he got caught for was in Alaska. Uh, But he traveled to do murders, like specifically as a forensic countermeasure so Mm -hmm. that he wouldn't be caught. Um, He chose people who had no connection to him at all. Um, And he famously buried kill kits in the area that he wanted to kill someone so he could retrieve what he needed without leaving any trail of purchasing weapons or anything. Um, So in 1997, Israel Keyes bought a home in upstate New York, about three hours from Albany. And Susie Lyle had mentioned that she thought someone was stalking her. Now, Keyes always chose victims randomly, but he could have been watching her for a day or two to learn her routine if she had caught his eye as a potential victim. And in another one of Keys' murders, he took the victim's ATM card and forced her to give him the pin. Just as in Susie's case, the pin was entered correctly. And he took out a small amount just to test that it was correct before killing the victim. So it could have been Israel Keys who ambushed Susie Lyle getting off the bus that night. Uh, but I guess what's even scarier is that it could just be another random killer uh, that targeted women at random. So we don't know anything else. That's really the only possible lead, and there's no way of proving it because I believe Israel Keys died in prison, um, and that is the disappearance of Suzanne Lyle. What do you think?
1: I mean, I I like the Israel Keys theory, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, there there was also that similar case from several years before, which is right. the same circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible that it was uh, a local killer who struck once there and then to avoid any heat, maybe just waited a few a few years mm-hmm. and then went back uh, he could have been killing in between those times or maybe that's his cycle. Every what three or four years? No, that was thirteen years though. oh 13 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Karen
0: Wilson was mm-hmm. in '85, and then Susie goes missing in oh the
1: to '98. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. So right. So
0: if it if they are linked, that's why I thought it was weird that they that's looked at stretch. it. That's a stretch. You know, it is true. Yeah, they both went to the school, and they were both taking buses. But I don't know how much.
1: Oh no, I don't. I don't think then. That's really. That's a long time to yeah, wait and do the same no. thing. Unless no.
0: they did do the same thing and it was somewhere else.
1: And it just was never connected. And it was I mean, never it's possible. Right. Police famously do Don't not speak to each other, to each other <laughs> due to ego pride. or something yeah. or pride. Yeah. Some yeah. stupid, stupid shit.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, this one is just horrible because I think because she was like, it was such a small period of time. Yeah. Um, That she could have been taken and...
1: So close to where she needed to be. Yeah. And the campus is supposed to be, you know, the safe space and Mm -hmm. everything. And to be attacked and, you know, uh, assume that she's abducted, uh, you know, being taken off campus is, Mm -hmm. is a nightmare.
0: And I wonder if they had gotten to the state police involved sooner if maybe they would have been able to get some better evidence
1: like, it's possible
0: i don't know but yeah i don't really think there's a way to solve this one unless somebody makes a deathbed confession or unless they find her remains somewhere but
1: even then even if they found her remains it's not necessarily going to shed any light on who took on her, who yeah, that's took true. her some kind of confession or some, mm-hmm. someone stepping forward with new information is the only way this would ever mm-hmm. get solved, I think.
0: Yeah. So this one is just horrible.
1: Yeah. It's probably never going to know. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that.
0: Well, that's New York State of Crime.
1: <laughs> yep. If it's if it's not disturbing, it's not New York State of Crime. Bye. Um, no, not no. bye, because oh. we didn't say <laughs> we didn't say <laughs> bye. emails and stuff. So, okay. Um, uh.
0: If you'd like to tell us what you think about Susie Lyle's case, you can comment on Instagram. Uh,
1: which is New York State of Crime, just on Instagram. On
0: Instagram. Uh, you could also send us a detailed email with your theory.
1: New York State of Crime podcast. Mm-mm. No, no. <laughs> New York State of Crime at gmail dot com.
0: Yes, you can also go to our website.
1: New York State of Crime Podcast dot com. Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool and good and um, good. <laughs> so don't don't forget to.
0: Oh, I didn't say my sources.
1: Oh yeah 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 wait okay do it okay
0: so my sources for this episode were mainly from the disappeared episode uh from 2012 called final exam that covers Susie's disappearance and I also got some general information from the Wikipedia article on the disappearance of Suzanne Lyle
1: and don't forget to keep an eye out for that special guest episode and uh that's with Stephanie of Keystone State of Mind uh our, our friend podcast from Pennsylvania. And uh, if you want to check out her podcast, just, just look up Keystone State of Mind on uh, Apple or Spotify or wherever you get podcasts from. And uh, the website for her podcast is ksomthepod.com.
0: Yeah, check it out. Her, her podcast is great, really cool, spooky episodes, really good murder episodes uh you don't have to know anything about pennsylvania to enjoy them
1: yeah she she's fun good good vibes all around uh no nonsense podcast no punches pulled either good shit
0: good shit all right we'll see you next week
1: this is new york state of crime bye Bye.